Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Ticket to Broadway, where Broadway meets Main Street. <laughs> Here's your host, my pal, David Alpert. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Thanks for choosing to listen to E-Ticket to Broadway, the only podcast to ask the tough questions, like, should one sing Turkey Lurkey Time while in line for a turkey leg at a Disney park? The answer is, of course, yes. I want to once again thank the incredible listeners for their support for this podcast. All of the messages, the reviews, and support on Patreon all help to keep more episodes coming. If you look forward to these episodes, please consider becoming a Patreon. It truly helps yours truly. There are many levels of giving, and if you become a fancy e-ticket supporter, like the awesome Foy family from Indiana, you get your own interview on an episode. So welcome, Foy family, to the e-ticket to Broadway podcast. Are you excited to talk briefly about Disney? We yeah. are very yeah. excited. Yeah. Yes, thank you for having us. It's our favorite topic. I know, right? And so what you're all not seeing, because this is a podcast, is a lot of very friendly faces, uh, all loving Disney. This is the first time we've had a family come together on the podcast. So this is really exciting. So here's a question, I guess, for the parents, right, for Jeff and Jackie. Did you both grow up going to the parks as a kid? Uh, actually, no. The first time I went was on a high school field trip when I was a senior in high school. And then uh, I loved it, but didn't have an opportunity to go back for many years. And then we just started going, uh, I think, when the kids were little and loved it. Yeah, same. I went once or twice, I think, with my parents growing up. And um, we loved it, but it just wasn't feasible at that time to continue to go again and again and again. It was a long trek from Ohio, so I think we made two trips. Um, as a child, I made two trips there. And was there a moment early on in your marriage where you were like, I think we should go back to Disney. I think we should do this. I don't know. Um, no. We when... talked about getting married there, and now we're like, why didn't we get married there? It would be so us. <laughs> we did, yeah. I think, it, I you... think pretty early on we were hooked. You can renew your vows there. I know we've actually talked about that maybe like on the cruise or something or in the parks or we don't know for sure so did you go to the parks together before you started having kids um I don't think we did I think we only went with kids and was there a moment Jacob who's on the call with us your oldest who's in college at Indiana University was there a fear of like what if one of our kids doesn't like Disney what do we do (laughs) um you know, we kind of all grew to love it together, I would say, um, because we really hadn't experienced it until we went together and we just kind of fell in love with it all as a family and we all had things we were looking forward to. And so I, I don't think that was a concern because we didn't know how much we were going to ultimately love going. I know you did make the kids get on coasters very young because Jeff's <laughs> biggest fear was we can't have a kid that does not like coasters. That is and true. We're six, so we, we match up two, 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 like we're we're an even number. And so he was like, everybody has to ride. So as soon as they were tall enough, they were getting on that whatever ride they could. That is true. 
Jacob, as the oldest kid, did you ever feel like you wanted to go on some of the quote unquote big kid rides sooner? Or was that not even an issue knowing that the Foys were putting their kids in roller coasters at an early age? Um, that was never really an issue because dad has always, dad, dad and mom both actually have both made a really good effort to make sure that we all get special time with them when we're in Disney. So like sometimes mom would take the little, the three little ones and go on a, a smaller kid ride that they could get on. And dad and I would go wait in line for a big one and then maybe do parent swaps so that I could ride with mom. So there was always um, a level of me being able to enjoy Disney at every, at every level at every age. Yeah, that's nice. And, and again, like Disney is so great for families and it's really nice that you've all figured out a way to navigate that. Was there ever a moment when you all realized that Disney trips were your thing? Like that, that's our thing. This is what we love. Was there a moment that you kind of clicked? Uh, it's sort of been an evolution, but yeah, we, we sort of like, okay, when are we going next? Like we would be literally booking our next trip from when we were there. Like, okay, when can we, when can we possibly go again? And, and I don't know if there was an aha moment as much as it was a, well, that's where we're gonna go. We didn't, we didn't talk about where should we go. It's like, when are we going to go? Right. Do you ever enjoy like camping or beach trips or is it all, let's go to Disney World? What do you think guys? Um, I think we do enjoy those things, but I feel like if we had the option to choose, we would definitely choose Disney over those things. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think we all really do enjoy camping. We go camping like usually every year except for this year, but we really do like camping. Although I think majority of our trips are um, just Disney other than the annual camping trip we take. Yeah, we always, every year, like Macy said, except for this year, we go camping with our grandparents and we probably would pick Disney if we had to choose. But on the camping trips, are you wearing like Mickey Mouse clothes? You're singing Definitely. Disney songs? Yeah, of course. I was gonna say that we go camping with my parents who are huge Disney fans who really amped up their passion since they go with us on mo the majority of our trips. And so we spend most of those camping trips planning our Disney trips. Both we and her parents are annual pass holders from Ohio and Indiana. So, so we, we try to make a point to go. <laughs> It's all part of the family. Yeah. So Jacob, now that you're in college, do you ever find like the Disney, you know, are you finding friends that are like also Disney kids? Oh my gosh, yes. I have a fun little thing about that. Last time we went on a cruise, um, I had never seen it before, but they had a little group for kids that were 18 to 20. So we couldn't hang out in the four to 14 to 17 group. And we also couldn't hang out with the 21 year old. So they called it the 1820 club. And that last cruise, I spent so much time with those kids and we had so much fun. And I like literally was talking to two of them today. And this cruise was almost two years ago. So meeting other people that, that are my age that also love Disney is a really good solid foundation for a friendship. And it's been really cool. It really is. And, and uh, you know, I think for many of us that were like, is it okay to like Disney so much? Is it okay to like the theme parks? Is it okay to go to the theme parks more mm -hmm. than twice a year? The answer is yes. And and hopefully we are, we're turning that tide to really make sure that everyone understands like, it is a really great fun place. I think that's what makes us wanna go there again and again is that it's hard with the different ages of the kids to find a vacation that everyone likes. And it's the one place where 
everybody has something they can do. Now for Jake, when he was like 13, it might've just been all about the snacks and that was okay. But you know, everybody had something that they really liked at each age and it's a way for us to vacation and sort of make everybody happy. I also love that the little kids are seeing Jake love Disney. So it kind of makes it okay that they love these things that some might think are like a younger theme, but they're pretty solid and confident in their love for all things Disney. And I love that. For sure. And, you know, I hope that everyone finds a passion, no matter what it is, whether it's Disney or Universal Studios, whatever it may be, but just to feel free that they can love their, you know, love a passion. I think that's really great. So because there's so many wonderful people on this call, we're not going to play a game, but I do want to rapid fire go through. And this is what I want you to all to answer. I want to know what your favorite ride in the parks is and what your favorite Disney character is. Okay. So I'm going to shout a name and I need you to shout out your favorite Disney character. Are you ready? Ready. ready. Okay, ready? Here we go for you, family. Jackie. Mickey. Jeff. Mickey. Miley. Minnie. Macy. Belle. Brady. Mickey. Jacob. Goofy. Okay, let's pause. How many of you answered one of the fab? I think you were all kind of fab five. I heard a bell. So who loves Mickey? Like everyone. And and we had a mini. So we're like classic Disney. I love that. Three Mickeys, a mini, a goofy, and a bell. Yeah. We actually spent some of our time at home the past few months going back and watching some of those Disney classics that, you know, my kids, my younger kids started when Frozen was popular and they kind of skipped over some of those classics. And I don't think they really understand some of the rides. So we we got to it this the past few months and we're spending our evenings watching some of those older movies that maybe they haven't seen. So. It's, it's good. Like homeschool is like Disney plus is part yeah. of yeah. the yes. curriculum. Oh yeah. We ordered Disney plus and, and every night someone would take a, a turn choosing a different movie that we were going to watch the next day. And there may have may or may not have been a big grand announcement each time. Um, but but uh, um, so then we would, they would pick and then we'd all watch that the next day and then we'd pick that day and then choose the next day. So it was fun. I love that. Okay, second round, favorite ride at a Disney park. Are we ready? Yeah. Okay. Macy. Um, rock and roller coaster. Miley. Soren. Jacob. Flight of passage. Brady. Rock and roller coaster. Jeff. Small world. Jackie. Haunted Mansion. Okay, interesting, very interesting. We've got some classics, we've got some new ones. Is there a ride that you all feel that you love together? Like you always have to go on it together each trip? What's that ride? Pandora. 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 Teacups. And Small World. Teacups. Teacups. Yeah. We always try to get on Avatar, Avatar yeah. Passage as much as we can. Mm -hmm. And Rock and Roller Coaster. That's another always do. Our family we really go on everything as a family. Yeah. yeah our family also likes to... Um, try to get the fastest on the teacup. So it's usually um, dad and some kids and then Jacob and some kids, so yeah. I love that. And you like, your forearms are just so sore afterwards. It's from I know. Yeah, and the grandparents are usually the judge because they don't go on it. And so we try to see who won the fastest spinning. We're not competitive at all. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So have we done any international parks yet or that's on the agenda? Not yet. We've only done California. We've not done anything outside of California or Florida. We do visit Long Beach. 
I know it's not a park, but we did go to Lonnie. Disney Resort, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really exciting. I love that that across the board, you are a very strong Disney family, which is really great. Well, thank you all for your time and thank you again for helping Gilanas fund any ticket to Broadway. I really appreciate it. And uh, I can't wait to go to Disney World at some point with the Foy family. Yes, absolutely. Yes. so fun. Awesome. We'll go on Flight of Passage. We'll scream on the teacups. It'll be really fun. <laughs> At E-Ticket to Broadway, it's all about spreading Disney magic and making the world a better place. A portion of all money raised goes directly to Gilana's Fund. Check out www.eticketpodcast.com to learn more. On this episode, I have the great privilege of interviewing a fellow Broadway boy from my hometown of Muskegon, Michigan. He has been seen on Broadway in the original companies of The Scarlet Pimpernel, The Civil War, La Boheme, and, of course, Rent. Put on your mouse ears and get ready for Gilles Chasson. Gilles, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We are two Muskegon boys chatting about Disney parks. How excited are you on a scale from one to a thousand? A thousand? Yeah, duh. that's what <laughs> happens in Muskegon. We just sit around looking at Lake Michigan and think about Mickey Mouse. That's it. Right? That's, yeah. that's it. Um, Jill, you share with me online that you went to Disney World when you were 12. Was that your first time there? Yes, that was uh, on a family vacation. I think I've been trying to text with my mom and my sister to try and yeah. sort it all out. And they have been of absolutely no use to me in this research. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I actually think it turns out I think I went twice. Okay. Um, as a kid, because my grandfather, from who lived in Ottawa, ended up getting a condo in Florida, so we visited him twice. Oh. We did go to Disney World twice as a kid, but never out west. You just went south from Michigan. No, the first time I went to Disneyland, I was on tour with the Forever Plaid, which uh, you know it played all the major cities and sit down. So when they put out their first national tour, it was literally like a school bus playing gyms in Alabama. And we spent six weeks in LA playing like Lancaster and Glendale. So we had all these days free. So one of my days while I was like staying in a days in outside of LA, I went to Disneyland one day by myself. So that was my first time at Disneyland. We have to come back to that idea of going to Disneyland by yourself. But when you were going there as a kid, do you have any memories of what that was like for you? I do have a memory of waiting in line with my friend, Chris Carlston, also from Muskegon. And we were with, I think my sister Renee brought Chris's sister, Amy Carlston, because they were in the same grade. And I think this is when I was around 12. And we were waiting in line. It was dark. We were waiting for the Haunted Mansion. And uh, Christopher and I were singing some crazy song. And because... Our sisters were in like just starting high school. They were completely mortified and freaked out. And because Chris and I were young enough to not be smart enough to keep our mouths shut, we took that hour and a half of waiting in line to torture them in front of at least a hundred strangers. And it couldn't get dark enough fast enough for them. Yeah. <laughs> were you singing Disney songs at least or just not at all? I don't remember. I think it was um more along the lines of like, you know, as racy a parody as you could come up with when you're 12 in the, you know, in the 70s. Was it the 70s that I was 12? I don't know. That is a bold choice, though, to be singing 
<laughs> with a friend in the Haunted Mansion queue. Like, of all the rides, everyone wants to get, like, into that place, and you're just, yeah, you know. Yeah, just torturing them with whatever weird thing. I don't remember. As a kid, did you enjoy the theatricality of the parks? Did it start to kind of open your mind to, like, I think I like, you know, magic and performing? I did, but, you know, my, my theme park experience i was raised more in like um cedar point remember did you ever go to cedar yeah, point in ohio well and michigan's adventure about, yeah well i never went to michigan's adventure really in our hometown i it didn't really exist when i was there oh. so the shows were my sort of theme park experience was more along the lines of um, going on the rides and the roller coasters and less about the shows and when i went as a kid with my family they were more they were less about the shows and more about the what you know waiting in line for the blue streak i think it was called who knows it's a long time ago but uh but um the performance piece of it i didn't really get into until i was older like when i went by myself older i went and saw the shows and wanted to see what people were doing and you know i was really curious about it when you were a kid did you have any favorite rides at Disney? I loved, um, I loved It's a Small World as a kid, which, you know, I don't, and then Pirates of the Caribbean, I totally dug, and Space Mountain. Yeah, those are great rides, still around. Yeah. I remember going you, by myself to Space Mountain, and I had a funny experience in the line. Well, let's talk about that. So you're, because I had only, for as much as I love the Disney parks, only once have I ever gone by myself because a friend stood me up and I was like, I'm going to give it a shot. Let me see. For me, it was not enjoyable. I, I learned that with Disney, I really want to experience with someone else. But talk to me about when you're on tour with Forever Plaid and you go to Disneyland by yourself. What Talk to me through that day and, and any stories that came up. Well, so first of all, when I went by myself, I was a total cynic. And okay. And I, I went as a non-believer to sort of see what it was. And uh, so the funny thing that happened in line for Space Mountain that was the, that I did learn something from was uh, there was a mom who was there with her son on a school day. And the kid was probably 10 or 11. And she was like giving her son like a lecture, waiting in line for Space Mountain about, you know, Disney was a white supremacist and all the bad things you could say about Walt Disney and all these terrible things about the park. And the kid was like, Oh mom, just be quiet at space. Mountain." Yeah. And it was so interesting to see my cynicism playing itself out with this woman who like, despite all her best efforts, her son was madly in love with the park and totally jazzed to be there. And at the end of the day, I, I, I left that line having ridden space mountain totally on the kids team and not on the mom's team and i it was very illustrative to me about what value there was in looking at what was happening and not seeing all the great things about it right there's magic yeah it is magic brought your kids for the first time did they you know enjoy that magic and you allowed them to or did you kind of you know you know what it is is that so i'm, a, I'm good friends with gary marsh who is the um 
president and chief, chief creative officer of Disney Channel Worldwide. And Gary has a daughter, Zoe, who is was born in the same hospital a day before or after my oldest son, Hugo. So we knew them in like prenatal classes at the same hospital. And then we, you know, when you have a, when your wife have a, has a baby, you have to walk the halls after you have surgery. And we would do a lot of laps around the maternity ward. And then uh, Jody and Sherry did a mommy and me class together. So we've known them a long time. Sherry worked for Disney, but they used to take a lot of vacations at Disney. They would go to mm -hmm. Disney World and cruises and stuff. And I totally didn't understand it. And Gary said to me, he says, you just have to walk through the gates of the park and look at your child to understand exactly what it's all about. And I took his advice, as I always do. Gary's a very, very smart person. And when I finally went with Hugo and Bo, and I saw their experience walking through those gates into Disneyland, I was like, well, there it is. That, that is the undeniable, that's the magic that you could refer to. And seeing it in them and seeing it to a large extent through them, that was the, it was just undeniable how beautiful it was. You could have had that experience if you would have gone with me as well. You could, oh, great. <laughs> you could have just looked and I'm like, wow, this kid from my hometown really likes Disneyland. Yeah, but, but there I understand are tons that. of people do. There are totally tons of people who do. We're friends with a family down in Orange County, a guy named Kevin Waldron, who Sherry went to grad school with at the ART in Cambridge. And um, Kevin's older brother worked at Disney for years and years and years when he was like in high school and uh, Kevin has another brother who is differently abled and loves the parks and going with Pete to the park is like a holiday on steroids because yeah. Pete is a guy who is, he embraces the joy in everything. He loves to sing. He just, he loves everything. And you take him to the park and then it's like everything there is like jacked up. And so his joy <laughs> commensurately is jacked up and you go with him and it's like you have the best time in the world no matter what because pete is so infectious and again experiencing it through uh pete through my kids is the total antidote for a cynic like me i love that you were open-minded enough to you know change your mind and and see like why does everyone it, it's a bold choice like i'm a cynic i'm gonna pay a very expensive ticket and go by myself on my day off but you had that experience, and I think that's – a lot of friends that I have brought as well, same thing. They're like, why do you like it so much? And it's like, let me just show you. Let me show you my version of it, and it, it's really nice. And, you know, the other thing is is that it's really easy to stand outside something and criticize it. Right. You know, you're a director. You understand what that experience is of being outside a play as opposed to being the director who has an emotional stake in the play. Right. And, you know, there are times in my life where I thought, you know, like Walmart is closing down all the stores across America. And a friend of mine said, well, you have to go inside. You can't criticize from outside. You have to go and see what it is. And then you go and you see what it is and you realize that nothing is as concrete or black and white once you get inside it. And Disney was the same. Like I had to go in there and see what it was and realize that no matter what my cynicism say once you go inside there are so many parts of it that bring joy again it's the antidote i wish there was like a video of you leaving the parks with like mouse ears and bags of souvenirs like skipping you're like i love it so much <laughs> i do have some pictures 
we're having an IT crisis at my house because you know how you have like the computer that holds all your pictures? So we have this computer that's been here for a while and it's filled with all these pictures and it got a little too full. So I've managed to boot it up this morning, but it's moving very slowly. So I do have, I have pictures of that moment. I have the like, with that years, all of it. When you brought your kids for the first time, do you remember anything specific from what they enjoyed, what you did together, any of those specific memories? Yeah, so my sons are are very different. Like Hugo, the older one, is very thoughtful and very sort of sees everything. He always has. Sees everything that's happening. And then my younger son, Bo, is a little more like dive in head first. So that would play out with the characters in a huge way. <clears throat> so like we would see, you know, Goofy and Hugo would be like, hanging back. I'm not sure. This is when he's like three and four years old. Like, I'm not sure. I have to really think about this. And Bo is like grabbing by the hand and like jamming through the people <laughs> to Goofy to get the picture. So it's the, that I have that very specific memory of them. You know, when you have kids, you, you very quickly realize that they are who they are. And your job is just to, you know, screw them up as little as possible. So <laughs> yeah. I, I saw in those moments, like who they were and how their different approaches lend themselves to the things they do and who they are as people. But that was very clear. Goofy was really clear with Quirrell's. On this it's like a personality test. How do you respond to Goofy? It's true. It's very true. And you know, when you're young, the characters can be can be frightening or they can be engaging. It's all everyone's different. Yeah, I definitely had that middle approach where I was excited to see them, but I was also a little frightened. I remember once I hugged Dopey and the plastic of his face. I was like, something's weird. I'm a little uncomfortable, but it's also Dopey, so I'm into it. But it is bizarre. You know, um, my first job out of high school, I worked at a park, and I ended up dating a costume character for a while while I was at the park. So do I remember got, what the costume was. It was it was at Action Park, so the costume was like a dog. It wasn't a Disney. It wasn't a defined. They had like a dog, and they had a giraffe or whoever they had. But I think she was a big sort of Labradorish costume character kind of dog. But she told all the sort of crazy stories about what people would do. So when I see the costume characters, I just feel compassion. I like, I'm like, we have to give them water. We need <laughs> yeah. to make the people take a step back. <laughs> they need to go step into the shade. Like, what can we do to help them? Do I Goofy, do you need to sit down? Totally brings out the codependent in me without fail whenever I see a costume character. Even if it's a villain. You just want to it help them so much. It does not matter because under that villain is like a sweaty 22-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of going to the parks with your kids, you shared with me a very special moment during the Main Street Electrical Parade yes. while you were watching. It's it's a beautiful moment. I think I, I saw it in a Disney commercial. It was just so romantic and passionate and family-friendly. Can you share with us what happened? Oh, just that. Um, uh, so we went with... Uh, Hugo's godfather, Kevin, who I mentioned earlier, and Kevin's boyfriend. I don't know if they're not married, but they live together. They bought a house together. They're partners mm -hmm. ever since. But anyway, so we went with Kevin and Todd. I think Pete and Hugo was really young. And, you know, the food is everywhere. It's like a funnel cake extravaganza. 
And so anyway, we were, we got to the end of a long day and I had Hugo on my shoulders to watch the electric light parade. I think that's what it's called. The electric light. The Main street electrical parade. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Thank you. Keeping me on track. That's what I know. Yeah. So, um, so Hugo's on my shoulders and we're watching the thing and, you know, they stop and they dance and, and again, the codependent in me, I'm like, how can they dance in the con, the cement, the concrete? Yeah. How are their shins handling this? So I'm watching the thing and Hugo's digging it and then Hugo starts to feel sick, but it's so, it's loud and I don't hear him. And so he ends up throwing up on my head, right on my head. And, uh, so the pictures that we talked about where I'm like wearing the Disney ears and skipping out of the park was literally right after, pretty much after Hugo threw up on my head. We took a little time to get cleaned up. It was getting dark. It was time to head home in California. There's that sort of long walk once you get out of the park and you take the shuttle. And all. So um, yes, Hugo threw up on my head and he was, Hugo's always been a kid that when he was young, he threw up a lot. So it wasn't a total surprise, but I did not see it coming. Yeah, and, uh, and also like you put him on your shoulders. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, this kid that, throws up a lot. That that'll be safe. That's what dads do. <laughs> yeah, you know, take one for the team. I think I think I've only been sick once at the parks, but usually I would just like, you know, chin up. We got to go. I did I did make my sister go once when she had a sinus infection, because it was like this was the one day we could go in December and we were visiting and, you know, we're not sure if we can go. Aliza's not feeling so great. I was like, Aliza, if you ruin this for me. <laughs> We will take a Sudafed and off we go. And I look back on that as such a terrible brotherly move. But well, Sudafed is brutal. It makes you sleepy. Well, you know what? She should have thought about that before we were planning to go to Disneyland. <laughs> oh, silly. We'll be right back. Oh, what's the big idea with these commercials? Oh, with this Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Jill, it's time for Fast Pass Answers. I'm going to ask you questions. After the first question, you'll have 30 seconds to answer as many as you can. You ready for this? I'm ready. Okay, ready? Who is your favorite Disney character? Don't look. Name any song from Rent. Rent. Favorite Disney princess? Uh... I don't know their names. The the uh, the Mulan. No, that's not it. Mulan, the Mulan one. Oh sure, Mulan. Name a Disney animal who talks. Donald Duck. <laughs> Favorite snack in the parks. Cheese fries. <laughs> Time. <laughs> that was really exciting. I liked the cheese fries. <laughs> um, Donald Duck. He made he made fast pass answers twice. Yeah. Well, you I like do, Donald. I do like Donald. Can you do a Donald impression? And no is a totally fine answer. Um, 
because I. Oh. <laughs> that was kind of it. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I just, is... feel, I just sound like I need to spit. Well, that was very successful. <laughs> I think our listeners are very excited by that. But um, yeah. And wait, and a title song from Rent, Way to Make a Bold Choice. <laughs> <laughs> well, you want to know the honest truth is I was going to say, will I? And then I thought that was self-aggrandizing. And so then I had to No, not that. at all. <laughs> and this is where if I owned the rights, I would play a little clip of a certain person singing the original Broadway cast album, but I don't own those rights, but it's a, it's wonderful. But Will I is a great song. But I do Um, have to say, Will I was never me. That was just me channeling Jonathan and channeling the people who said those words out loud. It was a totally different acting experience in that moment than I had probably in any other time in my career on stage. All I could do was to stay out of the way and let it move through me. It was so much bigger than I could ever be. Ever, ever, ever. It's time for some tough choices. Let's play Tweedledee or Tweedledum. Jill, it's time for Tweedledee or Tweedledum. I'm going to give you two options, and you let me know which one speaks to you, which one is really just touches your heart. Um, so here comes the first one. Tweedledee or Tweedledum, Space Mountain, or It's a Small World? It's a Small World. Okay. It's a beautiful ride. Great song. Everyone always complains that it's so catchy. It's like, yeah, that's because it's a good song. And they play it a thousand times. And they play it a thousand times <laughs> in many different languages. And you're trapped. And you're trapped. You cannot get out. And you're, there's a lot of little dolls staring at you. Yes. And you love it. Great. Okay. Tweedledee or Tweedledum, Peter Pan or Pinocchio? Peter Pan. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you. Pinocchio takes some weird turns. <laughs> it really does. It does. Like people, like kids turn into donkeys it's it's kind of frightening, even though I mean Peter Pan is problematic, yes, in many ways, way. looking yeah. in its own way. But come on, everyone wants to fly. Everyone wants to fly. The Native Americans take a tough job in Peter Pan, although I they do Native Americans. They well, and also women. They really. It's like Wendy, you can be our mother and cook and clean. And like women are more than that. Yeah. Wendy may not want to cook and clean for you. Why don't you cook and clean for yourselves? Musical theater is tough. Musical theater can be tough when you get. I know. Delve into the past and think the view through know, political right. lens. You're right, you're right. So speaking of that, Tweedledee or Tweedledum, Frozen or The Lion King? <laughs> uh, I would say Frozen and full disclosure, I've never seen The Lion King. Wow. And the movie and the musical? Uh, oh, I yeah. saw the musical, yes. Oh, you did? I saw it on stage, but I've never seen the movie. And then okay. full disclosure, I only saw Frozen recently on a flight. <laughs> Well, it's because my kids were young, and when they would go to those movies, a lot of times I would be at work, and they would go, and I would miss out. Woe is me. I loved it. I really loved it. And uh, the, God, who was the songwriting team? Bobby and Kristen Lopez. Bobby and Kristen. Kristen was collaborating with my next-door neighbor when I lived in New York. So. 
my very peripherally knew them. They were so lovely. I thought they That's were the cool. nicest people in the world. And I was so, I remember when Frozen happened and they had all that acclaim. So it was like, oh, good things happening to good people. Yeah. That, the, the songs from Frozen are super great. Absolutely. And, um, and one of the women that sing the songs from Frozen, you know. Yes, I do. Kristen Bell. <laughs> I was Adina's Secret Santa. Wow. That's my claim to fame with all the young kids. You know she's you know she's Jewish. I do. That might have been offensive. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I don't know. She she didn't seem offended at the time. Do you remember what you got her for Secret Santa? I don't. I'm so embarrassed to say. I'm sure it was something banal, like a scarf or something like that. Yeah. Well, let's bring in our guest, Adina. Welcome to Eat Tickets at Broadway. <laughs> Final Tweedledee or Tweedledum, La Vie Boheme or Seasons of Love? Oh, La Vie Boheme. The opposite of war isn't peace, it's creation. It's creation. Yeah, that's a beautiful line. Truly, when I got to go on for Mark, since I understood the white guys, I loved that act, the end of Act One. It was so, um, you know, we were talking about musical theater and like, you know, problematic for women, blah, blah, blah. Rent was a show that I got to bring my entire political self to work every night. And the epitome of that was doing La Vie Bohème. And it was so great. I can't begin to say how much fun it was. And doing the talkbacks when kids would come and being able to talk about what the show was about and what its intentions were and the different communities that it spoke about and to. It was just, I'm the, I was the luckiest actor in the world that I got to take my personal beliefs to work with me every day and sing it out loud from the stage. It's cool. I love that. That's, I mean, like, that's the cool thing about the arts. Yeah. That we get to, you know, work to change the world. Absolutely. And Rent definitely did that. Absolutely. That's the whole point. Okay, Jill, in addition to playing Steve and the waiter, you're known as the man with squeegee in the original cast of Rent. So it is time to play Man with Squeegee Goes Disney. Props are fun, and many Disney characters are also well-connected to a prop. So in this game, I'm going to tell you a Disney character, and I need you to tell me what prop they're most connected to. Are you ready? I'm a little scared, but I'm ready. Yeah. I'm going to give you a hint. None of the answers are squeegees. Okay. But what a fun word to say. Let's say squeegee <laughs> one more time. Squeegee. Squeegee. Okay. <laughs> Man with squeegee goes Disney number one. This vain pirate who continually seeks revenge on Peter Pan once lost his hand to a smiling crocodile and now holds this where his left hand once was. In fact, this prop is so much of his character, it became part of his name. The Hook. Captain Hook. The Hook. Yes, The Hook. You did it. Are these going to get harder? Because I totally got that one. Yes, I honestly uh, do. They're a little... I'm, I'm just assuming I'm going to fail in this. So. In Treasure Planet, and you're like, what's Treasure Planet? <laughs> Man with squeegee number two. 
Try as they might, the king and queen, nor flora, fauna, or Meriwether, could stop Sleeping Beauty from being weirdly attracted to this prop, and touching it really knocked her out. The apple. Didn't she have to eat the poison apple? You know what's funny? That is incorrect, but I'm going to tell you it's the spinning wheel. Sleeping Beauty is the spinning oh, wheel. Oh, right, because the apple is somebody else. Another prince. So question number three, much like the biblical tale of Adam and Eve, Snow White should not have eaten this gift from the evil queen turned old hag, for it also knocked her out. The spinning wheel. No. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Snow White ate a spinning wheel. <laughs> That's right. Like a donut. Like a donut. Two more for Man with Squeegee Goes Disney. You're doing very well. You're getting all the right answers, a little out of order, but you're getting the right answers. That's right. I'm in the ballpark. <laughs> or the theme park. Yes, in the theme park. We should start saying that more often. You're in, you're in the theme park. Okay. Number four. In the Cave of Wonders, a young street rat finds the home of the genie, voiced by the incomparable Robin Williams, and then carries this prop around to complete his three wishes. The lamp? The magic lamp. You are right. Oh, seriously? Yeah, the lamp. I don't know. I was there was a pause there where I was like, did I get that wrong? Oh, it's nope. just for dramatic effect. Oh, it's just it's just for drama. <laughs> it totally worked on me. Yeah, that's the idea. And our listeners too are just biting their nails. That's it. And uh, so you're you are kind of four for four. We're gonna accept it. That's right. In the theme parks. <laughs> In the theme park. So our final man with squeegee goes Disney as a favorite mode of transportation, which item does Mary Poppins carry that allows her to glide through the air with ease? The umbrella. It is the umbrella. You did it. Oh my gosh. And as a special bonus, when Mickey Mouse goes to the gas station, what does he use to clean his car? I'm, I'm, I want to guess. You got to give me a second. I got to come up with a guess at least. And it's not a handkerchief. His shirt. It's actually a squeegee. Oh. <laughs> Put on your thinking ears. It's trivia time. Oh boy. Jill, here is your moment of trivia. And this one's a little tough but I'm excited to share this trivia moment with you and our listeners in the world. Walt Disney famously said, I hope we never lose sight of one thing, that it was all started by a mouse. And to this day, Mickey Mouse is one of the world's most recognizable symbols. In 1929, in the animated short, The Carnival Kid, Mickey spoke for the very first time. What were Mickey's first words? Hello! Was that Julia Child? I, I... <laughs> <laughs> That's right up there. That ranks right up there with my Donald Duck impersonation. Yeah. I mean, the, I'm pulling out all the stops. That Donald Duck impression, you need to, I mean, that's it's pretty good. I'm taking it on the road. So is that your final answer? A, a hello and a weirdly British accent? <laughs> yes. That's <laughs> all I have to offer. <laughs> yeah, that's incorrect. He actually said hot dogs. Well, I don't know why I didn't get that. Yeah, I know. That's, I mean, if you, if you watch Carnival Kid, it'll make perfect sense because it's at a hot dog's cart. <laughs> but who knew that mice like hot dogs? 
Mm. Well, we lived in New York. When I lived in New York, the rats like hot dogs, so. Yeah, they do. (laughs) Now let's hear from some of you, huh? So, Joe, we put on social media any questions for you, and uh, we've got some really fun questions coming your way. Are you serious? Yeah, of course, on Instagram. Yeah, people love you. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm totally pleasantly surprised. That's so nice. Yeah. Jay Collister asks, who would be the best Disney Park date from the original cast of Rent, and why? Um, well, the first person that came to mind was Toby. Because um, I just love Toby, but then, but he would be kind of like cynical like me, I think. <laughs> so then, the other person that comes to mind is Rodney, who is always joyous. Like Rodney, yes. like is joy, and so I think he would yeah. be great fun to go with. That's great. But even if you brought Toby and he was cynical, you could convert him. That's right. I would. I would throw up on his head. <laughs> I would allow him to see the park through my eyes. Yeah, and your vomit. That's right. You know, I I, I do think the correct answer is Adina Menzel because you get to go for free. <laughs> oh well, there is that. That is an added bonus. Sam wants to know what is your favorite Disney movie. Um, does Pixar count? Yes, Pixar counts. Um, in all honesty, my favorite movie is uh, Toy Story Three. Because oh, so sad. There is a moment at the end of Toy Story 3 that, in my opinion, is like one of the most extraordinary pieces of writing that I have ever seen. So you think about like a movie, in a good movie, you have you know two or three narrative arcs and they come to some conclusion at the end, right? In the moment at the end of Toy Story 3, when the boy delivers the box of toys to that young girl who's now going to college, he gives him in that moment with no dialogue, there are like 12 narrative arcs that have been developed over the course of three different um, uh, films. And they all culminate in this singular moment that is both sad and it's so complex. And to have a piece of writing deliver you to a place where all of these narrative stories that you're invested in find a culmination, like a satisfying culmination that you didn't envision and yet can't imagine happening any other way is genius. So I think that that, you know, it's to me, it's one of the most successful screenwriting moments I've ever seen. That moment, that scene is like, I was completely blown away by that. So that's my favorite Disney movie. It's a great answer. Toy Story 3, I think, is a great movie. The yeah. moment when they're on the they're looking at the incinerator and they're holding each other yeah. is just so sad. And, uh, but yeah, I'm with you. Great choice. Rebecca asks, what is your favorite piece of rent history that you own? I have two rent history that I own. Um, so when, when Jonathan passed away, um, he, his friend, um, had some of Jonathan's possessions and gave them to us as opening night gifts. And Jonathan had a piggy bank that was filled with all the lucky pennies he found in New York. He saved them. And that was my gift. And uh, so that's probably 
I mean, I have my Roger shoes from when I was the understudy, the boots, because, you know, I just wear them around the house. But but I think the Jonathan's um, uh, pig, piggy bank with his lucky pennies is is that. Jill, the next time you go to a Disney park, what's the first thing you're going to do? Wow, that's a tough question. Because there's like a thousand, there's like a, literally like a thousand things you could do. So what what I tend to do is, and it depends on who you're with too. This is not the short answer you're looking for. I'm so sorry. It's totally but fine. It's like you, you, like I imagine that feeling when you walk in and there are some people you go with and it's like a mad sprint. So you don't have a long wait for the first ride you want to go. And then there are other people who walk in and they just want to walk in and experience it so and i'm pretty like go with the flow as far as that goes so i would imagine i've never been to epcot center and i think that if i were to think about the next time i go to a disney park it would be specifically if i could choose i would go to epcot and see what that experience is yeah it's a lot of fun things doing epcot let's go sure Jill, thank you so much for joining on E-Ticket to Broadway. It was so fun to connect with you as two boys from Muskegon and talk about your trips to Disney uh, and converting to the magic of Disney. Thank you so much for joining. It is absolutely my pleasure. And we will see you at the parks. Disney expert. I am. You know what's funny? Rent and Disneyland, not that different. How so? I have nothing. They're very different. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.